Welcome everybody to Funeral Nation episode 175, the first episode of the new decade in 2020. I'm Ryan Thogmartin, that is Jeff the Funeral Commander Harbison, and if you're not here, you should be. You should be. It's a new decade, it's a new year. Um, it's a new opportunity today for me to come in my natural environment. Let me show you real quick of the Embargo Cigar Lounge in this gorgeous here. So, uh, yeah, it's a perfect day to record a new show and to talk about what we think is going to happen in this year and the decade. The next decade. Uh, but, but obviously, we couldn't bring you this show and do these predictions without CNJ Financial, our title sponsor, Jamie and his crew. Uh, hopefully, we'll have them on soon. Um, we like to get Jamie's kind of feedback every year on, on his pulse in the profession because he's dealing with a lot of funeral homes. So let's roll that promo. CNJ Financial and CFS are excited to announce a powerful yet simple solution to help thousands of funeral homes and families with the challenges that life insurance assignments can bring. Insurance companies are often a hassle to deal with and claims can take weeks or months before payment is received. If you're tired of the hassle and cash flow delay in processing insurance death claims, CNJ's fast funding program can help. With the new seamless integration between the two companies, CFS client families can submit preliminary insurance information to your firm through your website prior to the arrangement conference. The final assignment information is sent to CNJ via the insurance assignment tab in your website management console. Once the claim is submitted, CNJ will verify the benefits, and as soon as verification is obtained, payment is made to your firm, usually within 24 to 48 hours. CNJ and CFS are committed to simplifying the lives of funeral directors so you can focus your time serving families. All right, Commander, we're going to talk about predictions. And last week, we went through some of the predictions that we had made over the previous decade. And, you know, we don't like to toot our own horn. You and I are just very humble guys that just stay in the corner and don't say much. But we were pretty freaking dead on uh, with predictions over the course of the show. Like, we, we've nailed it pretty good. So, Ryan, let's start off with our predictions. And I think that we've seen over the years we've been pretty accurate. Yeah. However, we'll see a few different ones this year. But I believe, from my perspective, and tell me if you agree, that our biggest problem facing the funeral in industry is the people. And when I say the people, what I mean by that is there's less funeral directors coming into the profession than leaving. That's causing a problem. And I also think it's a good thing for funeral directors who are seasoned because they're going to be a premium. What yeah. do you think? Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, I think that, you know, that turnover and with what's coming in, there's going to be an imbalance there. But I also think it presents, one, a good opportunity for those that want to get into the profession and, and be able to get into it right away. But two, I think it shines light on another problem. The amount of funeral directors that are graduating mortuary school then exiting the business within the first five years, I think that is a culture problem with funeral homes and, you know, as employers – what's being provided as a work environment and opportunities and, and the ability to grow within a company. So I think those two things being addressed are going to be going to be huge because the future of the business depends on the amount of funeral directors coming into the business. And as you said, seasoned funeral directors presents a great opportunity for those that have been in the profession for a while, not only to become owners, 
but to be able to have a career path change and go maybe to a different funeral home where they can be, become a manager and work themselves up the ladder uh, if they haven't had that opportunity before. Yeah, and I think that this year we'll see some state boards make decisions on eases, easing or changing licensure requirements mm, because of this issue coming up. Yeah. So we'll yeah. see how that goes. Yep. Uh, number two on our list uh, is consolidation. That used to be number one. Well, I mean, I think we're going to continue to see consolidation. I don't think it's going to slow down, but I don't think that it's a new topic anymore. I mean, it's been a conversational piece on this show for the past three and a half years, and I don't, I don't foresee that slowing down. And I think along with consolidation, are we're going to see a lot of firms go out of business. Um, if they choose not to consolidate and they get forced out or they just get stagnant and die because of lack of innovation or lack of, of changing and implementing new processes and, and really meeting that consumer where they need to be. In 2000, from 2010 to 2019, over 800 funeral homes closed. So I think we continue to see that number go up and I think we continue to see the number of consolidations go up. Like that's the natural process. And it's interesting because we've had a number of people on the show that are not with big consolidators, but we're seeing new consolidators being birthed, um, buying groups and, and business groups getting together and purchasing regional funeral homes and, and really building a good network there. So, you know, we've said it before, man, the it's a great time to be in the profession. There's a lot of moving and shaking happening. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Mark Sadowski. That was uh, one of his things that he mentioned, uh, that in the Midwest, yeah. there's a regional buying group now that's starting to scoop up smaller funeral homes. To me, that's the biggest peril is the smaller rural funeral homes. Right. They work great when uh, they're serving the community, but those communities are dwindling as far as death counts concerned. And the ability to sell that firm, uh, it's not going to go to a big national organizations. So these smaller regionals, I think we're going to see pop up everywhere where funeral directors uh, and owners get together to provide services with smaller firms combined. And I also think that just like we've seen the last two years, last year was a big one, that the public firms are going to buy out some families that we didn't expect would ever come. Yeah. Yeah. Some of those families that have been traditional posters for you know, that independently owned large funeral home operation. So very cool. I, I mean, I think one of the things that hits home for me is on the technology front. And, it, you know, that's such a big topic. We can't really kind of dissect all of it. But um, technology in the, in the sense of, of online marketing and, and social media. I mean, at the end of the day, if you don't embrace that, you will cease to be relevant, period. Uh, we haven't really preached doom and gloom on that topic. But we're to the point where, I mean, it's, it's, it's either you're in or you're out. And if you're out, you're out for good. And uh, I think that, you know, from a, a virtual reality, augmented reality standpoint, as that becomes more consumer accepted, you know, virtuality isn't something new. It's been around for in the past decade. But now we're seeing it being adopted at the consumer level through different apps and, and through a mobile device and then different views, augmented reality and virtual reality features that it's going to be impossible for that to be ignored by the profession, um, especially when, you know, I can attend a World Cup event or a YouTube or a U2 concert through virtual reality goggles in real time. Why can't I attend the funeral the exact same way? So. 
you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see how that type of technology plays plays a role, and then just new technology being developed that that can be utilized in the profession. And some of these technology buying groups, what are they going to be able to accomplish? Is if anything, um, you know, I think technology is going to have a major impact over the next decade because it really infiltrates every aspect of the business now and it's really unavoidable i don't disagree with you i think that's that's that is almost a given now that technology is here to stay it's in the funeral business now it's going to be how is it going to affect us and what new things are we going to utilize bigger accept and utilize that's right so you know following along those lines behind technology i think financially that this could be a great year for funeral home owners. Mm -hmm. However, uh, we're starting to see a, a growth in the accounts receivable areas where that's diminishing cash flows. And, you know, I say that at the beginning of the show, especially about CNJ financials. The funeral isn't over until you get paid. However, they're going to have to change behaviors and practices. So mm -hmm. if you want to know who I'm talking about out there and you don't think you have an issue, if you're a funeral director, and you're asking and beginning to talk about money at the end of the arrangement, that's a problem. And you know it's a problem when you can understand or say, okay, you slide that general, uh, excuse me, the cost of goods statement to the family, the statement, and all of a sudden everybody has to take a pee break or a smoke break. That means there was a problem that you didn't address about their finances. That's right. So anyway, we'll address that a little bit more this year. You know, another thing that comes up, I think we'll see this year, it's a continuum of new services within the funeral market, mm -hmm. green burials, home burials, lots of different stuff, and also providing the funeral home space for things other than funeral. Yeah. So you're, you're, I, I wouldn't disagree with you whatsoever. And I think adding to that would be solidified remains with parting stone as a new option of disposition outside of burial and, and cremation or even green burial. So you know, and I think that that those other offerings are going to also start to to maybe diminish the growth of, of cremation. Maybe those cremation rates over the next decade start to plateau because there's other options. But, you know, it, this this whole green burial movement and things that we've tried to just keep pushing to the side and pushing to the side, we traded we treated it a lot like we had cremation. And it, it's a it's a real concern. It's a real it's a real thing. Like people want other options than what they've been given and they're demanding it. And we're going to see it. We're going to see it affect the business hundred percent. And, uh, I think you, you said too, also along those lines are, you know, just again, giving the family what they want and being able to charge for those services. Uh, the cost of funerals has increased by a thousand dollars on average over the last decade that can't slow down. Like these things cost money and, and consumers are spending that money on other experiences. We have to start making the funeral home and that funeral process more of an experience. And look, churches have figured it out. Like churches don't sit empty except for Sunday anymore. Uh, every night of the week, that church building is being used for basketball leagues and meetings and, you know, different church weddings and, and funerals and, other things, you know, I look at the funeral home as the same way. That building can't sit empty unless you've got a funeral. Like there's got to be other things that are going on and you're using it for receptions and, 
and different events and, and things. There's, there's opportunity and money to be gained there. The overtead's too high to let that building sit empty every single day unless there happens to be a funeral happening. I agree with you. Um, I think we'll see conversions of chapels into community centers or uh, dining halls or different uses. Uh, obviously, we've seen some great along the way. Jason Smith down in Tennessee. I mean, what a great place that they have going on there. Um, I, I think that we'll see uh, less showrooms and less chapels and those conversions by smart funeral homeowners or we'll be adapting what the consumer demands. I love it. I, I'm 100%, 100% agree. Right. And, you know, speaking of which, let's take a second to talk about changes. And I want to shout out to the king of Ring, Welton Hong, and his folks from Ring Ring Marketing. That's another subject. Marketing has completely changed in the last 10 years. Uh, I got into, a, had an article I wrote last year and actually had a funeral director uh, call and complain that I said that using Yellow Pages was bad. <laughs> so you know how that conversation went. But I think we'll see that change. Let's give a shout out to Ring Ring Marketing. We're Ring Ring Marketing. We help funeral homes generate at least 10 more at-need calls per month. Our techniques help you dominate local search rankings and become the top choice for services in your area. We also proudly offer a 100% money-back guarantee. For a free copy of our book, visit www.funeralhomeprofits.com. Okay, Jeff. So over the last three and a half years, we've made yearly predictions as well. And we've talked about a few of those today. But one of the things that we've predicted every year is that there's going to be an urn that just massively changes the way we look at cremated remains and, and, and how we store those remains. And are we going <laughs> to see that this year? You know, it's funny you say that. I read this morning on a uh, funeral director the thread about an ice urn that oh. you put cremated remains in ice, take it out to the water and let it melt. And that caused a entire cofracus about how you could use that, how many miles offshore, blah, 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 blah. There are env environmental uh, regulations that, that cover that. So the ice urn, ice age, ice urn, uh, it may have a shot this year really hitting the market hard. However, I think what's going to happen is parting stone yes. is going to eliminate a lot of that. So it's not an urn. It's completely new. I'm going to put my dibs on parting stone and bet my money that there'll be a very prolific for this year's out. I like it. I'm with you on that bet for sure. I'll double down. Uh, parting stone's got it going on and it's, it answers and fills a void that has been missing in the marketplace and solves a a problem. Uh, people don't want remains sitting around anymore. And what do you do with them? Now you got something. <laughs> and so cool. All right. Well, commander, like, uh, I love riffing back and forth like this because, you know, yes, some of these things are a given that we talk about and we, we set ourselves up for a good track record, but you know, at the end of the day, uh, this, this is real, this is real conversation and it's, it's topics that can't be ignored. Uh, and there are things that have to change in this business for the profession as a whole to be able to continue to be profitable and to be able to move forward and be progressive enough that the consumer doesn't start looking for other options. And, 
you know, one of the things that you and I have talked more about off camera and not as much on camera and I'll, I'll kind of, this will conclude my, my kind of prediction list, but I think that we see somebody uh, that's already got a national established recognizable consumer brand get into offering funerals, maybe not planning the funeral, but offering and, and, and almost, you know, I, I think of a hotel chain. They're already housing people for memorial services and providing the catering. Why not just handle the whole thing? So I, mean, I think that this is the decade where we see somebody threaten the traditional funeral home outside of just cremation and a disposition, but a legitimate funeral offering that's got nothing to do with the funeral home whatsoever. So it could be interesting. I think that's a, a wise prediction that we'll see something this year come about, whether it's a hotel chain, heck, it could be a restaurant, who knows what it's going to be. I do know that out here in Phoenix, country clubs are getting into the business. Uh, it makes sense. You got you have a very transient population. A lot of people seeking yeah, the and, sunshine. Yeah, and uh, we've got those memorial sand traps out here. So it's a nice place. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so how about you personally or from the business? What uh, what are you looking into this year to happen? And we've got some cool things coming out that we've already got in the works. Like I'm super excited to continue to grow what we're doing through Disrupt with Price My Funeral. Uh, I think that's a game changer when we talk about pricing and being transparent at the funeral home level. I think that's something that, that the consumer is used to. When we see it adopted in the funeral profession, it's going to be a game changer from you know just a lead standpoint and keeping a, a family in the funnel. But uh, social is going to change dramatically and I can't predict that. Like we, we've, we've built a very good brand around being reactive to what's happening in the consumer space. I'm not the creator of the network. Wow. That was a, that, that car was something. Man. That was a motorcycle, but it looked good. Dang. Ah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I think, you know, we're reactive to social and what changes and where the consumer goes and where those eyeballs go. Therefore, the funeral profession's got to go as well. Um, we, we've got a new product we're going to launch in the, in the first quarter. So we'll talk about that more. But um, it, it could shine a light on a lot of the holes that are missing with, with social and, and some of the things that are out there. So. Yeah. What, what about you, I, Jeff? I mean, big changes for you in 2020 and going forward? Yeah, we'll see about that. There's going to be some big changes where I'm focusing more on accounts receivable and cash flow for funeral homes. Love and it. so I mentioned that a little bit earlier, yeah. but uh, we'll talk about that maybe a little more next week. Sounds good to me, brother. Well, look, I am, I'm so thrilled that we're finally kicking off this show in 2020 with you in a habitat that suits you much better than a, a corner <laughs> office. Um, I like the cigar back in your hand. You know, when we started the show and it was you with the cigar and the glass of rum, like that sent, it was like a nuclear bomb across the profession. People couldn't <laughs> believe it. They were either, a, either they loved it or they were so offended that they couldn't turn away because they just wanted to see what was going to happen next. So I'm, I'm glad you're back in that habitat, and I hope that we can expand that uh, in 2020. Yeah, I think that you're going to see this year a couple things from us together. Um, we may have some exciting news about Pendle Nation mm -hmm. that we'll do twice a year. 
besides the uh, obviously the two big shows, ICCFA and NFDA, we might have a uh, effing cigar party somewhere. I like it. We should. Why not? Yeah, Why me not? too. Yeah, I think we can make that happen. All right. But anyway, buddy, uh, congratulations. Here we are, 2020, and uh, it's a new year. It's exciting. We have 2020 vision. Right. If you don't have a vision for this year, it's too late at this point. That's it. Dialed in, ready to go. The target is set. Let's hit it. All right, Commander. Until next time, have a great effing week. Out here. Get your ass, man. Stupid. Get your ass, man.